0: Think about it, like we didn't have to have this mic. We didn't have to buy extra dice. I didn't have to buy that thing.
1: What? Like I could have literally spent ten bucks on dice, fifteen bucks on the book, and I'm good to play. Yeah, but even that stuff isn't that expensive when you think about it. I mean we the sixty dollars on the mic, uh the I mean, if you go on Amazon and get the book, just get the player's handbook on Amazon, it's thirty dollars after shipping. Um and then let's say two sets of dice, I mean you're at twenty, sixty, eighty uh you're at eighty you're at ninety dollars mm-hmm. and you can buy that over the course of several months. Uh but then sure. like if you want to like do like figurines, like figurines aren't cheap. Like I want to buy figurines uh for us to play with. Yeah. Uh the group and I can't afford a thirty dollar dragon figurine. I can't afford twenty five dollars for four orc warriors. Yeah. Like that's where it gets expensive. Like it can be expensive really quickly. But there's something about me though that like I get the benefit of it because
0: especially like if you're trying to Skype in which I'm still kind of curious how it's going to work on just like on a screen trying to show them things and like make sure they understand where in the thing you can always ask because like we've like pretty much most of us have bought uh, miniatures now mm-hmm. but the thing is like you're saying like four orcs well part of it is also I don't mind not having the little toys because if you tell me there's four orcs boom I know what I see four works in my head, and if you tell me one of them's really big with, like, this big scar on his eye and this, like, leather sash that he's got daggers in, I, I get it already. I, like, that's who I'm seeing. Yeah. Uh, and so, I don't know. Like, I feel... Um, oh. What?
1: Oh, okay. Um, but no, no, no. But I understand what you're saying. Like, it's all in the imagination. Like, that's important. But, like, it is nice to have a fr- the frame of reference. Like, you know, that text I sent out the other day to where, um... I said, I'm sorry, I'll never be this good of a DM. <laughs> like, that is yeah, amazing. there's like this. But, yeah, but
0: can... also, dude must have won the lottery or something. Because, like, the text you sent us essentially showed this guy who had built... Like, the equivalent of, like, one of those guys who build the, like, train setups or whatever they're called. Um, like, the, they fill their basement with like a train that runs through yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's kind of what this dude did. Like, this super detailed, like, world.
1: Yeah, he, and, th- and, he 3D printed and painted everything.
0: Which... I mean, for one, I've bought a miniature. I've had a miniature for two months that I'm still scared to try to paint because I'm just like, I'm afraid it's going to look like a big black booger by the time I get done with it because <laughs> I'm so nervous to attempt to paint it because I'm just, I'm not art. Like, high school was very clear to me that I'm not
1: art. I like that you referred to it as I'm not art. Literally. That's a very that's a very artistic thing to say, though. You said it, <laughs> but like, keep in mind, I didn't come up with that. And
0: quick story, history flashback. We'll say the year two thousand seven. I'm in Miss Parks's art class. There's a lot of us guys in there, basketball players and such, and we're we're told to draw a ribbon and show the ribbon turn and show the shadow on the side of the ribbon because when a ribbon does this, and I I my ineptitude at like art first showed its nasty little face there when i could not visualize how in the world i was supposed to make a shadow and make this ribbon look like it turns just let me draw you two lines and there's i'll just tell you that's a ribbon that's art we're supposed to make part i work my tail off trying to make a little piece of pottery like a teapot and then what comes out is a miniature fat pink (laughs) aladdin's lamp that looked like it was his special brother because, and then, my dear friend Brady Batson wrote on it, not art. <laughs> we were told to make masks. I panicked because I didn't like to make decisions. I ended up making an iron fist mask. Which is only half a mask. Which is half a mask, and it's yellow with <laughs> white and black eyes. Literally, that was my art. I think I might have got to be in that class, maybe, out of pity. And then guess what's on the back of that mask to this day? Carved, not art. Well, it's or art
1: thingy. Uh so that's a good we yeah. Not art. Not not art. Well I was in an art class. Remember, I mean we took art one together. Score Charlotte. Yeah, you barrel rolled onto the onto did the a, table. Uh, a sweet
0: ninja roll and on that, top of that table. That was when uh I think I
1: got detention for that, didn't I? Uh, or she yelled at you. Was I think two. she yelled at me. She Damn. did
0: give me detention. I got in trouble at home.
1: By the way, welcome to the Nerding of God podcast. I hope you're having a great day. And um yeah, it's not here and so we're having a good night. I don't know where I'm going with this. And so, Joey, please... Yeah, me help. neither. <laughs> Let me just say, you like...
0: The- Hello, everyone. Welcome to J&J Radio in the evening. Um, we're super excited that you decided to join us today. We're going to fill your evening and your earballs with some wonderful, lovely conversation about the nerdom of God. So now John is cackling because I just went into, I think they were not earballs kind of, he wasn't prepared for it. His earballs wasn't ready for the. I just
1: feel like, I just feel like you need to have like a high turtleneck on with a scarf already wrapped around. The people don't know that I
0: don't already have that and really thick glasses look, and a pipe.
1: Basically, I want you to look like, uh, um, like, oh, what's the person off Despicable Me, Steve Carroll's character. Gru. Um, yeah. I feel like you look like Gru like that, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> with that going on. Um, anyways, so as you can tell, we're talking about D anD D and role playing games, Dungeons
0: so. and Dragons,
1: and we're just gonna be shooting the crap. And so if that's that what this one ing- is. Joey's so letting his hair down, yeah, figuratively. <laughs> it literally is hanging down from his face, <laughs>
0: <laughs> literally. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, Dungeons and Dragons, um. which if you are not a true nerd, the name Dungeons and Dragons automatically. Uh, let me give you a visual representation and give you, paint you a word picture at the same time. Uh, imagine someone's glasses being down at, their, down at the edge of their nose, and then someone taking them in their broken glasses with tape in the middle, and someone go, hey guys, you want to come over and have a slumber party? As he shoves his glasses back up on his nose. That's what you think of when you think of Dungeons & Dragons, almost guaranteed if you're, not, like, if you're not induced and inducted into uh, nerd culture but but the crazy thing is and, and Joey and I kind of discussed this before is just how popular it's gotten lately and so if you you don't know like it's it's booming like it's literally booming I mean you've got famous vo- Vin Diesel plays D&D for Pete's sake and I'm sorry anything that's on the Fast and Furious movies especially the later ones is totally what we play in Dungeons and Dragons is totally more believable than anything that has been on the last three Fast and Furious movies
0: yeah, yeah, and that's uh, extremely fair, so I'd, I hope people won't um, argue that. And something that's interesting is, or that I find interesting, maybe other people don't, is the the fact that, like, like George R.R. R. Martin played Dungeons and Dragons. He wrote Game of Thrones. Jon Favreau, the director of Iron Man, played Dungeons and Dragons. Patton Oswald, very popular comedian, been on parts and rec, played Dungeons and Dragons. Mike Myers, Shrek, Austin Powers, played Dungeons and Dragons. Tim Duncan, the Spurs basketball player. Stephen Colbert, Robin Williams; these people all like people like very popular actors, um, comedians, um, entertainment like moguls like these dudes. Uh, even sports people, uh, writers like they play Dungeons and Dragons and and like it's funny because like talking and this one this this podcast will be pretty loose and uh, to give a, to give a quick like backstory of my uh, experience with Dungeons and Dragons it started in high school uh, in the little town of Newark Arkansas in like probably 2006 and 2007. And what I found, what was so funny was, like, I didn't have a context for Dungeons & Dragons, but, like, whenever I began playing it, what I noticed was, uh, literally, there would be five or six of us, and it was all basketball players. Like, so in the school, in our school in particular, we were a basketball school, and the basketball team were, like, what, just unfortunately, would be called the popular kids. And what I noticed was, the popular kids played Dungeons and Dragons. Now, don't get me wrong. We didn't do magic because we knew it would be hard and stuff. So, we've always played, like, uh, just warriors and and barbarians. And I always played a monk um, represent. And, uh, like, what I found, though, was the fact that, like, we called it cricket. So, uh, where cricket came from, no idea. But we called Dungeons and Dragons cricket so we could talk about it at school. So, we'd go to high school and we'd talk about the game of cricket that we played last night and the things that happened. And no one knew what we were talking about. And so... We kept it, like, incognito for, like, a year or two. And then we kind of realized that we cared much less about what people thought. And we started talking about it more freely. And then we let other people start playing more. And that's kind of when John started playing with a mutual friend of ours, Michael Bruce.
1: And, and so, yeah. And so, let me ask you a question. We'll just get the conversation rolling this way because I want to just be the conversation. Um, what do you think is the reason why people play Dungeons & Dragons? Like, what, what draws you to it the most? Like, like,
0: like what, what I can say... Um, about Dungeons and Dragons, and it's—I don't think it's an easy answer. But what Dungeons and Dragons allows um, is a couple of things, and it's something that like I'm gonna guess, okay, we're gonna we're gonna bring it down now a little bit here on J and J Radio. Um, what I find interesting about Dungeons prepare and Dragons—prepare your ear balls! Joe's <laughs> about to drop some truth bombs. Whatever, like what I find about. Dungeons and Dragons to be so like engaging is the fact that for one, um, it's a face-to-face game. Uh, there's not a board. Um, it's not something you can easily be on your phone during. It's something that uh, is a communal um, just engagement. I guess is is a good way to put it. So like when you're playing Dungeons and Dragons, um, you're sitting around a table or around a living room or something, and you're 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 taking a part, like a shared experience with people, and so there's there's something kind of awesome about that face to face, awesome experience. And then on top of that, if you're an introvert, it gives you an outlet to be an extrovert because you get to be someone else. Mm-hmm. If you're an extrovert, it gives you an outlet to be as as quiet, reserved, and respectable as you wish you were. Um, on top of that, it just brings people together. I mean, there's camaraderie. There's belonging. I mean, there's people that, like, John introduced me to that I've never met and would not know outside of the context of d but now they're people that I genuinely value and genuinely want to spend time with, and, and that's something that, like, not a lot of things can do. You know, like, we call this the nerdom of God podcast, and we want to keep the nerdom of God in there because we're both professing Christians, and we both find ourselves um, just, like, uh, in need of, of god's mercies and our identities in jesus every day but something that like i find uh super enthralling in in this thing is like the fact that in college i remember being a part of a church group that like we had all these people from different races backgrounds ages interests, and everything the one thing that united us was what we would call the gospel the good news of jesus and in and through that, what D and D is a is a pale mirror of, but a good example of, and it's a shadow of, is that same sense of camaraderie and belonging and shared experience that the, that the gospel can really bring to people's eyes. Because why why else would I spend time with these people except the fact that hey, um, you know, their half orc sorcerer really needs my monk's help in a, in a firefight type thing um, that that whenever they come together, they're such a shy person, but whenever it comes time that, you know, we, we start rolling dice, that they they're, they literally might be able to let their hair down, and and be somebody that they wish that they were, so you can really develop, like, character, like, personal character, while playing D&D, and not to get, like, super, uh, super deep, or, or super intellectual, or philosophical with this game, but, like, this was a formidable, like, a formidable game that I played, like, growing up and then spent so many years away from it and then it started having a resurgence and then my dear cousin John here like started mentioning it, mentioning it to me again and now like a year later here we are actively talking about it all the time there's there's eight people in our group that i would say other than you um and Sean I didn't really talk to any of them actively. Now we're always talking about Dungeons and Dragons, the dice that we just bought, the character stuff that we're thinking about, the things we just experienced. How much we're looking forward to the next game. Yeah. Um, it's it's just a it's just a uniting experience. It's exciting.
1: Yeah, and uh, what's really crazy though, especially about, uh, and I think what you said was really cool. When uh, you know, I was thinking exactly the same thing when you were talking about how was a uniting experience. It really is a reflection of the gospel in the fact of coming together and talking about something greater than yourself and that be the uniting factor. And, and, you know, and what's really, what's really crazy is it does allow everyone to show it and it's, you said something, uh, that everyone can come together and basically, um, it be, everyone takes something seriously and unites everyone. What's really crazy about Dungeons & Dragons is it's such a, uh, versatile game to where it can be as stupid or it can be as deep as you want it to be. Oh, yeah. Uh, it can be, you know, the, <laughs> You could be like Chris Hardwick, uh, and have something like Will Wheaton be the name of the character? Yeah,
0: a super meta like
1: yeah, or you acknowledgement, could, or, or it could be something that you literally have put, you know, fifteen hours into crafting and mm-hmm. you know tweaking and everything else, and uh,
0: and you can play it. And what's interesting is like even playing the game, and and if you're not familiar at all with Dungeons and Dragons, John will probably be able to better. Uh, like explain it because he's our dungeon master but like uh, I am the dungeon master <laughs> data kind of, kind of, kind of, uh, but like um, as I push my glasses up uh, but yeah no you you are. it's a role playing game it's an imagination game you use dice to, uh, of different sizes to kind of determine the outcome of certain decisions and actions made um, and it's it's an interesting game but like Uh, what's so funny is you can play it super loose and fun and light but you can also take it very seriously and develop and you can challenge the dungeon master with how you want to play the game uh, and it can be very challenging to then the other players and so like literally we're playing a month ago and a character who's supposed to be a dog at the time (laughs) literally shouts out something and goes i mean wolf (laughs) <laughs> and we just die laughing because it's so funny and out of get. but then there's also a moment where my character is uh trying to reach out to these orphans to try to essentially um rescue them and and it, and you can just feel in the room there's a sense of of like just as we would noticing someone in need of our help someone helpless in need of our help in the real world uh we all sort of took that same uh, tone of the room. The room had that sense of somberness. I mean, there's other players in the game that were like, immediately like, whatever it takes for my character to sacrifice to then have an impact in the situation, that's what I'm going to pursue right now. And that was just like this very weird moment, and thus far in the game of Us 8, like that's been the game we've enjoyed the most, because it's this. it was this weird moment of just interconnectivity between all of our, like all of our hearts, in a way. Like we all just sort of joined together for the first time we felt like that sense of camaraderie that -hmm. this game can foster and that was awesome
1: yeah and what's really what's really crazy about that game and I told you all that before was that I I consider that probably my worst DM game Um, in in the fact of not setting up things like because the players were so it just carried the whole thing um, and, it, and I think it really it, it, it shows a life lesson sometimes you can put all the effort into it and just go crap just go to crap <laughs> yep. really fast and sometimes you go through it with a hope and a prayer and it turns out to be the best thing you've ever done and uh, so yeah um, and some of you are like I still don't understand what the heck you are talking about and that's okay because most people like it's really hard <laughs> to understand until you see did uh, you get my did you get the story no, or you, uh, no I started uh, afterwards
0: dang it kind of want to share it. You share the story. Is it too long? I've already talked
1: a lot. No, share the story. It's okay. I'll
0: try to say it really quick. Okay, so guys, um, Dungeons & Dragons, I'm going to give you a quick recap into how, like, how the game can be played. The uh, last game that we're talking about, how we felt so kind of just enthralled in the game, um, I was talking about Dungeons & Dragons, which is sort of the theme of this uh, podcast, is the fact that like there was a time when this especially was played in basements and back rooms and wasn't really comfortable to be talked about, but over the
1: last decade. Well, hey, during the 80s, they thought it was demon worship. Like, yeah,
0: during the 80s, like, ooh, dungeons and dragons, and there was, like, an actual sense of, like, satanic, and it's like, no, like, it's just a, a, fun, a fun role-playing game. Well, and like, that was
1: the reason why, one of the reasons why that we started, we called it cricket a little bit, was because... Yeah, there was no connotation. Yeah, conservative Christians, we had, you know, some more conservative, we were afraid that they were thinking we were worshiping the devil. Oh. Uh, or you know, performing voodoo, yeah, you stuff know, in the you know. We only
0: killed like one chicken the whole time. Um, it was in
1: your house, Miss Courtney. We're sorry. We're so sorry. Not really.
0: Okay, so um, but I'm trying to explain the game, and this guy, uh, a coworker, he's just like, "Wait, what?" Like, I don't like. He just was. He could not wrap his head around it. And I'm like, "Okay, well, like, give you an example." So, like, we're playing the other night, and uh, my character goes to the airship port, and I, I give some money to a guy who. who gave a safe passage and when i come out i noticed there were some orphans that followed me and my companion and i i see them and i'm like i try to make my way to them and they sort of back away from me and they're they're uh nervous you know and you can tell so i immediately just kneel down and squat down you know i try to get on their level and i try to like just show that i'm not a threat and then the guy i'm talking to immediately is just like wait well now wait like like how does this happen? So this is happening on the table. I'm like, no, this is like happening in our imagination. And he's sitting there scratching his head. And I'm like, so then I throw some coins to them. And they come a little closer. And I'm like, hey kids, it's it's okay, it's okay. And then they look over their shoulder, and there's some guys back there. And those guys are like looking menacingly. They have knives, sort of like their hands on the ready. And the kids, you can tell, are nervous. And I I notice this. And then you know I tell the kids, hey, it's okay. And I throw them uh, some food and i have one of my daily rations and and they come a little closer and they start eating the food cuz they're clearly hungry and then so then the the is just like wait well now, hang, hang on so like how do you know there's a guy over there well the the dm sets it up well what's the dm well the dungeon master he's called the dungeon master yeah like well that's just the game master whatever it's the same thing okay well so what do you do then well like the kids come a little how do you know like well he's telling me that they come closer why well, do you know there's guys back there well the dungeon master tells me like Like, you notice they look over their shoulder because they're, like, a little nervous. And you see two guys keeping an eye on them. They're not looking the way the crowd's looking. They're looking right at these kids. And then... I'm like, okay. So then I flipped some coins. And then he's like, "Well, how how are you doing this? Well, then I actually had to make some sort of roll. So I rolled a dice to like see if it played out. And I rolled high enough that it worked. And then he was like, what does the dice matter? When does dice come in this game? Is it a dice? Is this Yahtzee? No, it's not Yahtzee. It's an imagination role-playing game. And it was just so comical to try to explain what it is. And it's one of those things you literally almost have to watch or just take part in. Because as soon as you five minutes into the game, I think anybody who's actually paying attention will immediately go...
1: Okay, right. I got it.
0: I know exactly what's happening right. now. But when you try to tell someone, because... It sounds like you're getting it crazy. It sounds like you're crazy, <laughs> and you feel crazy
1: trying to explain it to somebody. You think that's bad? I talked to a bunch of teenagers that are already judgmental as all get out, though, and mm. trying to explain it. Like, I mentioned, I'm really excited. Uh, Ms. Franks, what's your big plans this weekend? I'm going to play Dungeons and & Dragons. And automatically, the tone shifts at that <laughs> point. Like, there's a plot twist. There's a kink in the plot, and they're like... And my nerdy kids are like... Yeah, like I'm getting like fist bumps, like you could just tell. And then my more like my athletes are like, "What is Dungeons and Dragons?" And so I try to explain it, and I just go deeper and deeper into the hole. <laughs> and they're like, "So, like give give us an example. What what might happen?" So I'll give an example of what's happened before. Like for instance, the one the one of the ones I usually give is Zach uh, when we when we were playing with Bruce, and we both made the saving throw to jump onto the drawbridge that was coming up and climb over and Zach rolled like a one and then so Bruce is like what are you going to do and he's like I'm going to try to fight my way up the stairs and dive (laughs) off into the moat and he'd been rolling crap the entire night all of a sudden his dice become possessed and he literally rolls 16, 17, 18, 20 all the way up the uh, he's like he's going up the stairs he's killing people and then he goes to dive off into the moat and what does Zach roll to dive off the moat a one. A natural one. <laughs> a natural one. And my kids my kids are nerdy or start to hit. They think it's the it's one of the funniest things they've ever heard, and my other kids are like. Yeah. What? Just like what? <laughs> uh and so yeah, it's really hard to explain it without feeling like you're like you're crazy. It, yeah, you kinda of so, but it's such a Critical Role is probably the best thing to point for. it's one of the best examples I've ever seen. Yeah, Critical
0: for. Role on YouTube on on the Geek and Sundry page is a very good place to point and and it's where I actually took this guy and said look a, a coworker another two guys were there and I was like hey Aaron quickly pull up YouTube go to World random episode random time in the thing and immediately a few a couple minutes into watching it he's like okay 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 like like he starts immediately like that's what you're talking about I'm like yeah like so and that's what's so fun about it is that, like because it it feels sort of like an inclusive thing, like you like or an exclusive thing, I guess I should say, um where it 's like haha, this is our little thing, you stay away, but literally what 's interesting about most d and d circles are they want people to play, they want people to be engaged, be interested, be on board uh have a have an interest in the game and and in developing a character and playing a storyline like that 's what 's so fun about, it. and I think part of the resurgence is the fact that like. And this may be way off base because obviously there's no data and I'm a data guy, so it's like kind of st- stupid to say this but in today's world we see so much criticism online we see so many like I call them telephone tough guys, people who on the phone would be really rude and mean, but like talking to them they'd be as nice as can be, or they'd just be awkward because they don't know how to communicate to someone d and d just fosters like like a community of like you can like learn uh just social cues you can learn yeah. how to better be friendships friends with people you can better develop friendships and then like on top of that like the, something that like D&D affords is in a world where people are so just like afraid to talk to one another and afraid to really like be themselves you can come together and play D&D and it frees you up because you get to play someone else Uh, and so then that lets you then just enjoy yourself it removes all of your masks and your Mm -hmm. fears and you get to just enjoy the moment with other
1: people yeah and also I think it allows for altruism in a world that doesn't allow for altruism Mm. anymore Uh, the idea that you know because in D&D what you do is when you do your character in case you don't you pick an alignment Uh, the alignments are chaotic good neutral good lawful good uh, chaotic neutral true neutral lawful neutral chaotic bad or chaotic evil uh, neutral evil or lawful evil, and that kind of determines what your uh, what your actions are, what kind of guides you. And so if chaotic good's wonderful to play because you don't have to obey the laws to obey good, we all see people get off all the time with light prison sentences or get off on a technicality and, like, we're mad because the law has failed, and, uh, you know, that's one of the reasons why we're drawn to superheroes is vigilantes, is the idea that, you know, guess what, good wins out in the fact when it, people, someone's going to take care of it. Or lawful good—the idea that we see corrupt politicians and corrupt lawmakers—and you can play a character that sticks to the letter of the law and wants to do good—and uh, I think the altruism really allows, and also allows for for true evil—and we don't see true evil in the world. Even things like uh, ISIS, to an extent, uh, can be rationalized to the point of oh, well, it's you know, it's a radicalized form of religion. It's a you know, it's a form of basically mind control and coercion. Um, it can be rationalized to a point. And guess what? If the DM says that dragon is pure evil and wants to destroy the world in fire and brimstone, guess what that dragon wants to do? There is no further motivation. It wants to destroy the world with fire and brimstone, and you need to stop it. And that altruism is really, really good to where everything is one hundred can be 100% black and 100% white, um, 100% good or 100% evil. And I think that's a really... Really cool thing about D&D is it allows for that type of escapism to where there is an altruistic world. Or give you the other way, to where everything's messy and messed up and you get to play someone that's involved in into the thick of it and you you know live your life as a computer programmer or working in an office job that doesn't do anything, uh, that allows for that too. It allows for the other side of it, for things to be more gray than what they are in the world and not just wake up, brush your teeth, shower, or poop, shower, eat breakfast, go to work, come back home, go to bed like it allows for something besides that and I think that's kind of cool
0: oh yeah I mean it's something that's like to add on to that is, is so cool about uh, the Dungeons and Dragons and, and there's a lot of other things but like like the thing about Dungeons and Dragons it's like any other communal experience like uh, me and a friend were recently talking like our church is like a very like uh, missional minded church we break into groups that are like like intentionally pursuing people or a people group or a geographical region or whatever and And we were talking about how good CrossFit is. Like, as much crap as CrossFit gets, if you think about it, though, the people who are involved are super loyal, super charismatic. They're super, like, all about CrossFit. And we were talking about how, like, they have a good model because, like, literally, they get together. They share meals. They encourage one another. They take part in each other's successes and failures. And it was like, well, that's that's a great thing about D&D. Like, there's a TED Talk. Um, And it's worse. if worth looking up. It's by Ethan Gilsdorf on why Dungeons & Dragons is good for you. And he talked about losing his mom at a young age from a brain aneurysm. And, and he talked about, you know, he played Dungeons and & Dragons and and he's listing all the reasons why Dungeons & Dragons are good for you and, and, and how, you know, you build community, you gain social skills, you get to just escape for a little bit. But then he also said and you, you learn a little bit how to better deal with a mom who's not there anymore. Um, because there's a community now. There's somewhere where you have an outlet. You have a release. And and that was such an interesting moment to just realize that what I think I love so much about Dungeons & Dragons is just the fact that it, it allows an opportunity to be who you wish you were or affirm what you think you are or encourage others to be all that they can be in a world that to you is completely real.
1: Yeah, Or go the opposite direction and be something that you would never do. Be the rude evil dude who just wants to watch the world burn. Or or be
0: the Josh Allens who just wishes that stupid secretary would fall for his sexual advances.
1: Oh. By the way, it's been my greatest joy as a DM to play that out.
0: Yeah. Uh, Thank God he's rolled so bad so often. Yes.
1: And then Kevin rolled so well and I still had the... (laughs)
0: Oh. True. True. I you don't having it. Sorry. Yeah, we have a... Uh, Our group,
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, you know, you know who who the influence of that secretary is, right? It's the secretary to the mayor off of Powerpuff Girls, where you never see her face. You just oh. said she has blonde hair, and uh, <laughs> I did not. Uh, yeah, that's what I had in mind. Okay, just, just to be just to be funny. I, I just don't know, and I think that what we're seeing with D and D is it's the next evolution of nerd culture coming out. Because let's face it, like the first. When nerd culture became popular was with, with comic books being cool.
0: Yeah, because they started making successful movies yeah. based on comic book characters. Yeah. So then all of a sudden, boom.
1: Yeah. And I, I, and when that starts happening, you unlock a lot of other things. And you've got people now that are so open about fandom. And the internet's helped by that because even if you live in, in Podunk, Arkansas... Uh, if you have internet access you can find community with people who have who, who completely accept you in a community that's thousands if not millions of people yeah um, you know perfect example is bronies uh, My Little Pony fans like literally what you think would be so as much of a child I, I, I know adults who are bronies and uh, they come from places that don't accept the brony lifestyle, uh, but they have places that can because the Internet. And, and so I think that's an interesting thing about how uh, that type of stuff plays out is that now, with besides you know, nerd culture becoming more and more prevalent because of movies and other things like that, but also the Internet provides community uh, and allows – and community is what – that's one of the reasons why we're commanded, uh, if you're a Christian, commanded together with other Christians is because when you do that, it basically invigorates you to go out and bring more people in because uh, that community is somewhere to belong uh, and I think that's the way with, with that's just the way God set us up when the idea of community is that you need those things to help to make sure you're accepted and invigorated and, and reaffirm those beliefs that you have uh, regardless of whether it's a belief about the Messiah and, and who Jesus is and, and who he is in connection with God and who he is in connection with man and or if it's something as stupid as whether or not you think Spider-Man could beat the crap out of Daredevil in a fight um, You know, he you can find community anywhere. Anywhere. And it's a horrible example, but I totally
0: understand what you're talking about. I think uh, I- I'm super thankful that I've kind of been lured back into the, the D&D world. And I'm-, I'm super thankful that now I'm in this kind of mini-community that we've formed over the last six months that has now developed into like a full-on We've developed a rhythm of of dungeons and dragons we've you know i have been trying to f- come up with my own uh stories to d m to to give you an opportunity to play and to give others an opportunity to play um so that was just when the Eric kicked off that's what so um, or there's a ghost <laughs> <laughs> or there's a person in there mm-hmm. sorry, a door click, and so John's about to find out all the people I have stashed in the closet um but yeah no um but yeah no d has been been a super fun thing to to be involved with again and uh i hope that you know like we can look what's interesting about our local community in in northeast arkansas is just the fact that there's a store now in northeast arkansas in this town of jonesboro that totally supports magic the gathering dungeons and dragons heroescape pathfinder all these other games that are being played all the time on top of just video games and everything like it's supporting that, like the, the you have like patrons that are supporting that. The fact that that exists in the small town Arkansas is a testament to itself of the resurgence of this nerdum.
1: Yep, and um, yeah, Col- that's Colson's, by the way, if you're wondering where that is, over by the bowling alley and Jones- no, Colson's. Yeah, yep. Um, and and I. Just I, I love the fact uh, because it it tests every range of emotion. In case you don't know, it truly lets you see the best and the worst in people. Uh, whether it be arguing about a rule, or whether or not someone's too powerful, or some character's too weak, or whether uh, you know they thought it was unfair because you think the DM's picking on you, or the DM's mad because people didn't prepare the way they were supposed to. It literally shows every range of emotion, and uh, and I think that's a cool thing is you literally can see something. Uh, different about people and I think we've gone over that a whole lot and I hope we're not just treading the same water each time guys if you get a chance and this is probably the final thing one of the final things we're going to say uh, get out find something you like find something you love that's what being a nerd is all about you don't have to be a nerd about nerd stuff you can be a nerd about cars you can be a nerd about sports uh, about sports about history about just find something you love dive into it and if you're a follower of Christ let it give all glory to God let it be something that you can connect to the truth of God through uh, if you're not, uh, we're, I'm not gonna have a theological debate with you over a podcast because it'd be pretty one-sided. We we'll have a <laughs> conversation later, uh, but you know, find something that makes you feel community and makes you feel acceptance, because you know that's one thing I think all humans are striving for, regardless of what their their spiritual nature is uh, at this point. So find something you like, and also don't close out something you think is too nerdy for you or something that's outside of your wheelhouse, because uh, D and D is can definitely be that way for some people. Uh, and also board game culture and everything else that's been a resurgence watch uh, Tabletop with Will Wheaton uh, watching Will Wheaton roll dice has a karmic effect you really feel like there's probably someone on the other side of the world that is rolling straight straight natural 20s because Will Wheaton cannot roll dice for crap uh, <laughs> he is cursed it is horrible
0: he's cursed and I think uh, my cousin your brother Zach is probably close to walking in his footsteps but yeah, you know there is there's something that this is probably the last thing I have to say. Is Kevin Smith, uh, a nerd of nerds, huge comic book fan. Nerd has, royalty, to be like, honest. Nerd royalty, to be honest. Uh, he's worked on Daredevil comic book. He worked on the Daredevil movie. He's directed episodes of Flash. He owns a comic book store. He did Clerks and Clerks 2 and, and a lot of fun things. Dude's, dude's a legit dude, legit nerd. And he makes his own stuff because he loves movies and he loves TV shows and he loves comics and nerd stuff. But he, he made a comment, and his comment uh, was in a... Uh, Response to a troll on the internet, but something that he ends it with is, um, don't make yourself mad. Make something original and fun. Because if you're not being useful in this world, you're being useless. Don't be useful. Don't be useless. Go make stuff that makes people happy. And, you know, I I read that today, and, and I was just kind of like, you know, that's that's something that's just super encouraging, because... It really makes you think, uh, and, and and it's a good reminder of of what John's saying right now is just the fact that like you can be nerdy about anything. You know, we call this the nerdum of God, uh, and so like we we are clearly coming into it with like a duality. But you can you can genuinely you can be nerdy. You can geek out. You can be excited and passionate about tons of different things. And and what I think this podcast is mainly there for is just to. To celebrate what we're passionate about, and and to just enjoy it, and to not, you know, people can have their their own opinions and comments and whatever, but like that's fine, like like you're entitled to it. But like if you're if you want to show some passion about something, if you're into something, like go all out, make something worth watching, make something worth enjoying, be a part of something worth living. I guess with that, Papa Joe is going to sign off.
1: Papa Joe. Papa Joe. Ah. Sorry. Good lord, there's so much red on that screen where the audio is coming through. You know,
0: you can go and edit most of that out. Um, Pretty much any red you see is me. FYI, on the podcast, and he's probably going to cut this, but in the podcast, there's essentially a blue and red. And red's like when you get loud and intense. I really don't know how audio works, but blue's kind of more of a neutral home place to be. And pretty much on the screen, if it's red, it's Joey. And if it's blue, it's John. And it kind of is a little, it's a... Uh, it's kind of comical to to watch the dynamic of our of our voices, but but that's what's beautiful because we're family, we're friends, we're brothers, and we're uh, I don't know, super stoked to be here. I'm done. Stop. Turn this off. We gotta figure out a way to end these podcasts.